Two Girls, One Podcast is made possible by you, the listeners. And if you love the internet as much as we love talking about it, consider supporting us on Patreon. A lot of work and time go into research, recording, editing, and distributing this show. Contributing even one or two dollars per month is huge in offsetting our production costs. If you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash 2G1P. We'll keep making the show no matter what. But your support allows us to make it even better. Thank you so much for listening. And, and enjoy, enjoy the, the show. show. Lovingly prepared by the Daily Dot. In case of emergency, always remember to stay calm, put on your headphones, and listen to a few back episodes of this show. We can't guarantee your survival, but at least we'll get a few extra streams before you go. And now here are the hosts, prepared for anything the internet throws at them, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Um, on this show, Allie and I do interviews with people behind the internet posts. We've been for many years performing internet material on stage. We use the internet like a script. We'll take blog posts or comment threads and things like that and perform them as, as if they are a script. We perform them as characters on stage. From that, we created a web series where we would take some interviews with people behind the posts, film them, and then go on these scripted adventures. And that's called Two Girls, One Show. If you're interested, you can find that on Hoo Ha Ha. Hoo Ha. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Matt, do you and know from what there. it means to beat a dead horse? Have you heard about this expression? Have you ever heard the expression, the bits don't quit? You got to commit. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Continue, Jen. Continue. <laughs> so from there, we started just, not just, uh, interviewing the people behind the post in this show, Two Girls, One Podcast. Um, they're all shows, but one's a live show, one's a web series. And this, folks, it's is very a podcast. confusing. You, you can't see us. Yeah. You're listening I to a podcast. I'm glad you can't because I'm naked. I'm not <laughs> naked. I'm in a public place right now. I was going to say, aren't you in a we work? I'm in a co-working <laughs> yeah. space, so I'm giving everybody a show. That's why somebody applauded when they went by earlier. <laughs> oh my god, somebody did applaud, but it's because you and I were talking about crochet dicks. So oh, there's that. That usually gets at least a little clap. Yeah. Anywho, you want to tell them about this episode? Today's topic is preppers. Not peppers. I like peppers. Oh my God, I love a good pepper. But uh, preppers actively prepare for emergency situations. That could be Zombie environmental apocalypse. disasters. Zombie yeah, apocalypse. Yeah, it could be that. It could be like a political Zombie collapse. Uh, Alia, I'm not going to say it. Choose. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just going to say it. Aliens. Aliens. It could be aliens. Aliens. Oh my God. <laughs> I just thought of a That's whole really new one. line of questioning for our gentlemen today. Um, yeah, I'm, no, I'm curious to know, how do you prepare? What is this particular person preparing for? His name is Todd Reynolds. He's known as the dynamic prepper on YouTube. So if you want to go there and check him out, he's really engaging and reviews all sorts of equipment and stuff like that. But we're going to find out what he's preparing for. I mean, just so we're clear, aliens have visited Earth. We're all well, in agreement yeah. here, right? Yeah, no, that that is factual. Yes. Okay, thank you. I don't Are know if Matt's facetious? making fun of me or not, <laughs> but like definitely they visited. Uh, you're telling me the ancient Egyptians built the pyramids? LOL. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay, oh, but seriously, they've definitely visited. And apparently other governments are way more open about it than the U.S. And didn't the Pentagon recently admit to having yes. this like billion dollar program monitoring aliens? Yeah, I think it was several millions of dollars, and there have been yeah, Matt's laughing, but like it was read in the, the reports, Post. guys. No, right, but I believe that story was like we're keeping an eye out, and we're spending lots of money to keep an eye out. But there was no like we got them in, we got the alien, we got them in Area Fifty One. They're but, they're packed away on ice, but no. they've <laughs> on ice like a good but, kidney. No, they. Yeah, they've, there's, there's gonna, defense spending. So he, maybe he's prepping for aliens. I know Allie's prepping for aliens. Allie, what are you doing to prep for the alien arrival? Okay, I, ju I just want you to know, uh, a former Pentagon official who uh, is, is quoted as saying, we may not be alone. This is on CNN politics. <laughs> Allie, you're Googling on the podcast. His name is Luis Elizondo. That's his name. Google Luis Elizondo. He works at the Pentagon and he specializes in the fact that aliens have probably visited Earth. 
Cool. And we've talked about this. We've talked about this before. Statistically, <laughs> we have. We certainly have. But statistically speaking, there's a good chance aliens exist in the universe. But like, yes. whether they have reached us is probable is very improbable. Wait, but why is, why it, is it improbable? Yeah, why is it improbable? Because the universe is the universe is insanely big. We've talked about this. It's uh, for the Fermi paradox. It's like statistically yes aliens and probably aliens of advanced civilization have probably existed but it would take them bajillions and gajillions of years to find and reach us and they they probably have died by the time they could even fathom where we are or us finding them so it's this like yes it's that yes it could happen but no it's almost impossible that it could happen i it's have two paradox. words for you what star trek never heard of it yeah. Also, Star Wars. <laughs> mm, yeah. No, but I do. I do think the odds are like pretty decent that they have uh, made contact in some way. So, Ali, what are you personally doing to prepare? I don't know why everyone's laughing at me. For I the just, aliens, I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm, <laughs> Matt is, what are you doing to prepare? <laughs> I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm doing she's a, doing she's reading the Washington Post. I'm doing a lot of reading, watching very reliable YouTube videos. That's what I'm doing. I feel like you and, should be um, constructing I'm, weird weapons or something. Like, what? why not? I can't tell you that. No, I just think um, also I'm letting them know via this podcast that if they come, like, I I support you. Don't murder me. Don't anally so, probe me. I'm not interested God, in an anal probe. If you listen to this podcast backwards every single week, there's a message where <laughs> Ellie's telling the aliens not to anally probe her. Yeah. That's true. Sometimes it's um, coded like, <laughs> That was me speaking <laughs> alien. <laughs> That's what happened. We should clarify that our guest today really has nothing to do with supernatural no. things or aliens. Like he's focused on like survival gear, um, not necessarily apocalypse, but like um, uh, emergency yeah, weather and tornadoes yeah, and things yeah, like yeah, hurricanes. Yeah. No, we're on things, a tangent about our personal that interests. Matt things <laughs> are more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he is preparing for disasters, which frankly is a good idea. But the prepper community, I don't want to say they go overboard because they could be very correct and the rest of us are fucked. But uh, the way that yeah. they, I think, um, have become. What makes them a community, I think, is the like fervent interest and preparation for potential disasters. And actually, here in San Francisco, there's a lot of rumors and talk about how like rich tech CEOs like have underground bunkers because they're also preppers. But I guess like if you have a billion dollars, once you have multiple boats and homes, then like, yeah, make yourself a bunker in case there's an apocalypse. I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about the history of this community because I don't know if you guys had this experience as children going to your grandparents' house and they would in their basement have like the room full of cans of food in case something were to happen. Like I feel like of a certain generation with the bomb, you know, the fear of like the bomb coming and my mom right. doing like the drills at school, getting under their desks. Like I'm sure there was a huge prepper community sans YouTube <laughs> back in the day too, but thinking right. they had YouTube. I think, but yeah. it, I think it goes to the next level, but we're going to find out. What are your thoughts on go bags? Have you guys heard of this? Oh, you know what? Now that I live in San Francisco, everyone's like, oh my God, you don't have your earthquake go bag? Like, what's wrong with you? You need to get your earthquake readiness kit. Wow. So that's a San Francisco specific. Yeah. Like everybody there should have one. Well, I guess yeah. California. Yeah. Actually, mm -hmm. um, I experienced my first earthquake last fall. I don't know if I told you, but no. I, um, in the middle of the night, woke up. I knew exactly what it was. Everything was shaking. And all I thought was, oh, shit. It's my first earthquake. I totally live in California. And I fell right back to sleep. And then the next day, everyone was like, oh, my God, earthquake. And everyone's like freaking out. And I just like thought, I don't know, it didn't occur to my East Coast brain that it was like a Dangerous. problem. I just thought like, oh, little earthquake, little shaky shake. And now we're going to go back to sleep. <laughs> it goes no big deal. Uh, what do you do? I don't I don't know what you should have done in that situation. You did everything you could. I mean, uh, well, don't you have to get to it? Where do you go? If, so I if the building collapses, you should be like in a certain area, right? Like, I don't know if you I go down. I think you're supposed or... to be under the door frame, but I don't know. Okay. I actually really should look this up. 
Um, but also San Francisco is due for like a horrible earthquake, which actually is really frightening. And I don't want to think about it because they had one like a century ago where like basically the city collapsed and they say that like we're yeah. due or so is Seattle or something. Uh, Portland, uh, I believe is seriously mm, in trouble. All, <laughs> yeah. the, all the fun cities are fucked. <laughs> but um, Portland, man, they got some good fusion up there. There's this truck that has like Korean know, Mexican so, tacos. It's like the best thing I've ever tasted. I know, I know. In my bunker, that's what I'd have. <laughs> you would have some yeah. fusion trucks? <laughs> I would make sure to have um, some like bulgogi tacos in my bunker. Yeah. In Ali's go bag, it's just a bag of bulgogi tacos. <laughs> it's a bag of tacos. <laughs> and, and water. <laughs> okay, stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> water is very important because bulgogi tacos can be spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what would be in your go bag? His children, uh, I mean, Jennifer. The, the children would be in the bag. No, uh, in all seriousness, there. I we have a go bag. It is in my closet right now because, and I think Allie, you were in New York. We're all in, we're in New York at the time. Hurricane For Sandy, Sandy yeah. was a, a very bad time, and ever since then, uh, we have been had the go bag at the ready. It's sort of like a change of clothes. It's water. It's uh, phone chargers for both car and home and uh, home outlets, so that if your power goes out w w it, during Sandy, the power was out everywhere for weeks. Yes. So like there was no place to get in contact with people or get heat. It was you know October. It was cold. Um, so this is that was not a fun time. This is a dumb question because I'm not good at, at planning things. But like you would just with that bag, if something bad were to happen, you would jump in the car with that bag and, and drive out of the city. That would be the plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get depends where you are. But it basically for us, it's like it's a durable duffel bag, kind of like waterproof, tough material that has all the stuff in it. You, you, you'd never touch it. And then if you need to run out of your house, it is quickly accessible and you're out, whether that means you're driving or you're walking away or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, brief story on our end, like everyone had a bad Sandy experience and someone, some no, people not had really uptown, terrible flooding. Actually, it was crazy. It's so bad in Brooklyn and downtown. Uptown? Yeah. Rained. That's it. Right, right. Well, isn't that crazy? Close to the water. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's, it, it makes sense. Um, is it a higher elevation? Uptown? I think it's just further further from the water because Sandy was just in the most insane flooding that we've ever seen in our, certainly in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Next time we we meet in person, I have a scar on the left side of my head and that's because a tree fell on my oh head. Oh my God. Um, Are you fucking my... serious? <laughs> yeah, I never told you guys this no. story. What? What happened? We were staying at my in-laws uh, and a, a gargantuan oak, I think, split in half from either wind or lightning and came down through the house and we oh were God. very close to being annihilated and so the, oh. the entire like literally the only thing i remember and you know like it wasn't a direct hit but like i was bleeding and we were all kind of scattered in the living room and we kind of looked up and like the living room was annihilated <gasps> and we were just like standing there like oh my uh, god we Matt, go. Matt, we that's did terrifying not yeah we did not know story. it you should have come up town and stayed with me it drizzled. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's crazy how different um, it was in a matter of miles. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. My parents got flooded, but they weren't like destroyed because they're they're much closer to the water than where we are. And our our home did, had no damage. And and my in-laws home would not really have suffered except for this random tree that was just in a certain spot and then smashed. Yeah, my, you know, my so. twin lived in Union Square and didn't have electricity. And so people just started walking and he said it felt like the fucking apocalypse where like it was just like because mm -hmm. the thing is like we forget in New York just like I mean, we don't forget, but there are so many people on the street. But then at any given moment, there's like a million people in their homes, too. So he said the street was just like wall to wall packed with people with suitcases just walking north totally yeah yeah so like to me when, when we talked about this episode it's like okay like there are probably people who are like well the nukes are coming the aliens are coming like that's fine that's a bit of, of a fringe but like being prepared for another sandy we should definitely be prepared for another yeah sandy no i mean i should get a i should get a fucking earthquake kit like everybody should be prepared i mean sadly it's like you often have to go through it in order to like be super prepared for the next one or i think <laughs> i think when people have kids they get serious about it but i should mm -hmm. but the other thing is california has ones where you just go order your earthquake kit and it just delivers everything you need in your kit like you Ooh, don't even have that's to like great <laughs> yeah you don't even have to like make it so i'm like super lazy that i haven't done that yet <laughs> like i literally just have to like click order 
Man, guys, I don't know. Living on an island feels really scary. We forget that Manhattan's an island. I remember when I first moved here, my mom said I should get a raft. She was like, just get an inflatable raft. Are you just in case serious? You need to get off the island. It would be really just, hard to get out of just here. Just get a nice unicorn raft. I know. You know what I mean? Maybe a flamingo. I know. Well, it wasn't that many years after 9-11 that I moved here. So I think she, you know, she was thinking more about terrorism or something like that. But um, right, yeah. Right. Oh, so, that's crazy. That's yeah. a whole, it's a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah. So many bad things that's can happen. That's when you happen. need a serious bunker that's when you need a bunker yeah. this, this episode's getting really sad matt do you want to tell it's us some trivia really dark. let's do some trivia uh I, I i'm sorry to say the trivia today is about bunkers oh shit so no, i mean that we're, makes we're sense don't be yeah. sorry makes sense but uh, You're sorry on to keep it dark theme. but check this out which country is unique in that it has enough nuclear fallout shelters to accommodate every single citizen. Ali, you were talking about rich billionaires like making their own private bunkers. That's a whole thing. But like there is a country that's accounting for everyone. When the nukes come, we got you covered. Which Re- country really? is it? You ready for choices? Oh, uh, it's going to be some like beautiful Scandinavian country. It's got to be or Canada. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Or Canada. A, Switzerland. Sounds like Switzerland. B, yeah, it does sound Swiss. B, Austria. Oh, it sounds like Austria too. Or C, Ukraine. Oh, Shit. weird. I feel like that's that's like maybe the answer just to throw us off. Exactly. I'm that's a little curveball. I'm going uh, Switzerland. Switzerland, yes. Known for being efficient. I feel like they would prepare in that way. Yeah, I'm going to go with Switzerland too. Two answers for Switzerland. Boom. We will find out if you're correct after break. And now the real product description for Pop It Pal, the official pimple popping toy. From the five and dime of the future, Amazon.com. The official Poppet Pal TM is made of skin-safe silicone with an all-natural pus that simulates the popping of a huge pimple. Every Poppet Pal TM pimple-popping toy comes with 15 pimples ready to be picked the minute you receive it. Most satisfying stress relief toy. Ease worry, calm the mind, and discover a great fidget solution. Made in the USA. Grab one for the perfect gift for the picker in your life. Free immediate shipping from Papa Pal TM, a trademark of Unique Obsessions LLC. Allie, it's your kryptonite. <laughs> so, listeners, there's a community of people online who are super into pimple popping. There's YouTube videos, there's this toy, there's all kinds of tutorials. And we've talked about interviewing someone from that community. And I think we kind of have to, but something about that topic. Yeah. Even though, even though, of course, I have pop pimples, but something about it is so disgusting to me. I don't know why. Have you seen any of the videos? No. Ew, Neither have about I. I know. So yeah. gross. It's fine when it's yours, but like, ugh, otherwise, no. Some people like do it for each other, like in life, like couples. They're like, oh, let me pop that for you. Oh, <laughs> gross. You better it's be so doing real. that at home. That's a level of PDA I don't want to (laughs) see. It's not affection. Oh, my God. Anyway. Let's switch um, topics. Switzerland. Let's get back to the trivia answer. Today's topic is preppers, prepping for natural disasters, emergencies, nuclear apocalypse. And there is one country on this beautiful earth of ours that accounts for every citizen, not just the rich ones. They make sure that if the nukes hit, everybody's covered with enough space in a nuclear fallout shelter. Which country is prepared in this way? That's so kind. It's good, right? Yeah, we we barely have health insurance and they've got- Like this is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh my God, okay, yeah. A, Switzerland, B, Austria, or C, Ukraine. You guys both went with the same answer, which is A, Switzerland. Yeah. Sticking with it? Sticking with it. Yep. Yeah. I know there's no gift card. Because also, didn't Switzerland also uh, experiment with the basic income? Hmm. Oh, I don't know if it was them. I it's don't one know of those if it was Scandinavian countries. Yeah, one oh, of those. those fucking Scandinavian countries. They're almost as delightful as Canada. The correct answer is A, Switzerland. <gasps> yeah, of course it's fucking Switzerland. It's fucking Switzerland. Where's our Trader Joe's gift card? Uh, guys, Switzerland is not Scandinavian. I'm just going to say <laughs> that. It's Denmark, <laughs> Norway, and Sweden. <laughs> Just yeah, let me know. Of course. Oh, <laughs> where's Switzerland? 
<laughs> what is Switzerland? <laughs> it's a little more central. I was looking on the map. It's not quite uh, in those Nordic it's regions. It's close by, though. It's, it's close, right? Check us. It's, sure. got it's, sure. it's got, it's got it's an got S name. Yeah. <laughs> it feels Scandinavian. Yeah. I found, I found this really interesting. Uh, this is according to the Swiss Broadcasting Corporation, which I assume is like the big dog in Switzerland, uh, less akin to the BBC, you know, a sort of state state-run or state-funded uh, public media, um, the Swiss spend more than 20% of their like uh, federal budget to ensure that every citizen is protected against these massive, uh, you know, catastrophic failure of infrastructure or, you know, apocalypse or whatever. And it's it's the law. Like, there is, it's written into their law that, like, there must be a shelter within a certain distance from every resident's in switzerland like you're covered no matter what that's kind of fucking awesome my first reaction is that's amazing my second reaction is that oh my fucking god because the swiss are exceedingly reasonable people and if they're doing that i think we're all in trouble (laughs) (laughs) we're in trouble yeah and they're gonna survive maybe they should be the ones to survive if we have nuclear fall i don't know guys where where were the hills alive with the sound of music oh god Somewhere in Scandinavia. Mm. No, I don't know. Was it uh, is that, uh, Austria? Is that right? I think it was Austria. Oh, it's Austria. Austria. It's Austria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. Austria. <laughs> which was which was option B, which we didn't choose. Right. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I was just wondering where things were. Are you happening. drunk? <laughs> where things were located in the world. I'm gonna go Google a map. I will be right back. I'm gonna get you a globe. I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys after the break. <laughs> Allie just types map into Google. Where Allie learns geography. That's our next oh, no. episode. I've alienated so many people. Oh. I've gotta go. <laughs> Anywho, that's great that they're looking out for their citizens to yeah. the extent of knowing that the rest of us are such idiots. <laughs> that nuclear war could happen and they're gonna get everyone covered uh, we need to leave america oh god <laughs> i know that, that is the answer all right well let's let's get to it because i want to i, I want to hear what he's prepping for all right so on the line with us right now we have todd reynolds aka the dynamic prepper welcome todd thanks for having me i appreciate being here all right take us back how'd this happen <laughs> uh how did uh how did my interest in preparedness and prepping happen i take it you mean you got it you got it <laughs> all right yes way um, to interpret well, my questions this is going well it, for me uh yeah i'm, yes. I'm an insightful guy um <laughs> cool. well uh you know started out just with coming from a family that uh was into outdoor activities camping hiking uh hunting uh that sort of uh, lifestyle yeah, no, no, no zombies, no. at least not that we saw. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Got it. And uh, from there, just going into uh, basic preparedness, you know, the, it was always sort of, I was never a Boy Scout personally, but that was always the mantra of be prepared and taking that into, you, you know, a lifestyle of just understanding that preparedness is an important way of a normal everyday life. And even though it can be sort of morphed into sort of some zany places uh, that uh, it's always a good idea to be prepared for what could lie ahead. Do you remember when you discovered the term prepper and or a community around that? Uh, yeah, I think it was probably about uh, shortly before the time I started the YouTube channel. Um, you know, I think it had always been something that I understood uh, as amassing uh, gear and resources, uh, as most people understand preppers to be. But it really wasn't really until... Um, you know, I started sort of looking for online communities and also the soon thereafter popularity in mass media as far as television shows and things like that. And what are the major events that you're preparing for? So I am not really uh, a person that prepares for a specific sort of uh, apocalyptic uh, end of the world as we know it type of, of prepper. Um, I, I think those people uh, tend to be more on what I consider to be the survivalist side of preparedness, not necessarily the prepper side of preparedness. I, I consider myself to be a practical prepper, prepping for everyday things. As I say on my channel, very regularly, common things happen commonly. Things like uh, job security, losing your job, uh, you know, natural disasters, wildfires. Uh, you know, if you live in hurricane prone areas, uh, earthquake prone areas, uh, these are all things that people across this country deal with 
on a daily basis and are dealing with right now and uh, being prepared for these things, doing risk analysis for where you live and the type of lifestyle you have and the type of lifestyle you'd like to maintain and planning your preparedness accordingly. What are the top few things that you think everyone should do? Well, the first thing I would would say is, you know, the FEMA and Red Cross uh, basically advocate that every American should have at least two weeks of supplies, food and water in their home at all times. And that's not crazy zany prepper stuff. That's just basic preparedness and having some supplies in your home, first aid kit, extra food, extra water, extra uh, supplies like toiletries and things like that so that you can stay in your home in case you need to for a certain period of time. Maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's a uh, more than that um, so that you don't have to uh, sort of go out in a situation that might not be great after a, a natural disaster, after a storm or during a storm uh, or shortly after, you, you know, if, if the, the resource network in your area is being stressed by uh, things like that or natural disasters, or maybe you just lose your job and, uh, Hey, you don't got to go shopping for a couple of weeks. If you have this stuff in your house already, uh, that can take the, f the pressure off of you financially. If you have some of those resources already in your home and having some basic understanding of skills, as far as, um, you know, how to purify water, how to, uh, cook food and not make yourself sick, uh, which sounds you know simple, but some people don't have those skills. Uh, understanding the basics of communication, uh, understanding the basics of navigation, how to read a map, things like this. These are all really basic things that every every person should really know. So I want to get more into your personal journey with this and things that you cover, but I'd like to get big picture for a second. You mentioned survivalists. I'm curious if you could give us an idea of what prepper culture looks like and sort of the different directions it can go in, since obviously it seems like there are many. <laughs> yeah, and I, I certainly don't claim to be a, a professional at this or, or have some sort of a sort of a, you know professional insight that I've studied it uh, you know a lot. But yeah. uh, certainly there there tends to be, in my opinion, sort of three general camps. Um, there tends to be the practical prepper or practical preparedness. These people sometimes don't like calling themselves preppers. These are very realistic, very down to earth people who understand that there are risks to people depending on who they are, lifestyle they have and where they live. You then have your survivalists, which are kind of on the exact opposite end of that. These are your lone you know, wolf prepper out in the woods, uh, you know, eating bugs and uh, making fire with, uh, you know, tree stumps. And, and those are kind of your, your, your sort of that preparedness and prepping to them doesn't exist in your day to day life. It exists like out in the woods when you're on your own and there are zombies running around and, and that's kind of your survivalist type of thing. And then you have sort of the people who are in the middle, I think, uh, of that, who are your your preppers. These are the people who are sort of amassing um, large amounts of, of supplies in their homes. And it doesn't have to be large amounts, but some amount of, of uh, you know, food, water supplies, toilet paper. You know, they're going to Sam's Club and buying extra uh, toilet paper, buying extra cases of water. Yeah, and, how much uh, do you have? those things in their basement. <laughs> toilet paper, It's it, that takes up a lot of room. It's hard to you know, store a year's worth of toilet paper in your house. So, you know, there were a few. Yeah. Months. Plus you can start using other things like receipts, the dog. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the dog, you know, they love that. Those bark. dogs. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> bark. Yeah. Or you just go single ply, just go single ply. Safe sure. Space. It's we'll start dividing right. them up. Or, or, yeah. Or just run dirty. What do you have? <laughs> yeah. I mean, once the zombies are here, who cares? What do you have a year long supply of? Uh, year long supply is probably more along the lines of, uh, batteries, dry, uh, storable food, like grain, rice, things that are easy to store and don't take up a ton of space. Have you ever had to dip into this stock for any sort of, like, have you ever faced some sort of event where you had to use some of this stuff? Uh, we dip, we've dipped into it, you know, from time to time. Sure. Um, sometimes we're just lazy <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we run out of something and, and. Go like, downstairs oh man, and get go it. to do... the survival supply. Get <laughs> sure. some of that one it, ply. Get the dog. It's typically not, yeah. <laughs> Your boy. Your dog is covered in shit. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you should see the cat too. That's even worse. Oh my God, the cats. But you know what? Fuck cats. So that's fine by me. Hey. <laughs> Listeners, use the cats first, then the dogs. I agree with you. All right, continue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I was going to say, your, your, your prep that you have, what, we, what people will usually call their larder. So your, your, your preparedness sort of storage that you have, you typically will live off of that uh, in your day to day and then replace it when that runs low. So if you think of it as sort of the mediary between the store and what you have on your on your plate or, or in your bathroom or wherever. Wait, so you're saying like your day to day storage and prepper storage is kind of the same. It's just like you always make sure that you have like six months toilet paper. Sure. Hmm? Sam's Club and Costco should really be doing better marketing towards preppers. the preppers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they do to an extent. I mean, I, I think oh. it's a little not really heavy handed. But, you know, one of the things is, is that with the media um, portrayal of preppers in, in shows like Doomsday Preppers or, or you know, uh, movies where, uh, what was that one with John Goodman where he was like in an underground bunker and he was like homicidal. Oh, God. It was part of the Cloverfield series. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how mass media tends to portray preppers as sort of crazy um, you know, well, we're, that's we're, way more entertaining than this super practical interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's way more entertaining to prepare for, uh, you know, Ebola or, uh, you know, EMP attacks and, and all these sort of, you know, zombie apocalypse and these types of things. Uh, as a result, I think that's made that from a marketing standpoint, a little, uh, untouchable. So when did you get on YouTube and what was the decision to start sharing, uh, things through that channel? Uh, YouTube is a little bit different story. Um, it was about seven years ago now, 2011. Yeah, seven mm -hmm. years ago. And uh, I was watching YouTube a lot and, and enjoying YouTube. And it was kind of like, you know, going to an art gallery and seeing, you know, a piece of art. And, uh, you know, it's a coffee cup with a banana hanging out of it. And and you're like, well, I can do that. You know, <laughs> seeing what was what, what was on YouTube, I was like, hey, anybody can do that. So obviously getting a following and being successful at it is another ball of wax in itself. But, uh, you know, watching videos that I enjoyed and kind of seeing the types of things that I enjoyed watching on YouTube and said, you know what, I, I can do this too. And started out with a really crappy camera and, you know, no real direction. And from there, um, it was more like, you know, starting to share things that I was into and enjoyed the process of making videos and putting them on YouTube and um, sort of people reacting, sort of getting into different communities uh, on YouTube and finding like-minded people. And it's just like any other sort of social media, you begin um, to share a certain type of thing and you get following based on that interest. And so it just kind of grew from there. What are your most popular videos? Uh, I think the most popular video I've made is uh, uh, top 10 security hacks, home security hacks, uh, which I made a few month, uh, a few years ago. And then overall, the, uh, the gear videos are usually pretty popular. And uh, the giveaways obviously are. What are you giving away? Uh, so I do monthly giveaways on my channel for BattleBox and TacPack. And I usually give away, uh, you know, survival or, or preparedness or just in general uh, EDC gear and things like that pretty routinely every month on my channel. Can you back it up and explain what all those things are that you just mentioned? Sure. Uh, so in the uh, one of the things that I do a lot on my channel is I review re review gear. And one of the things that I really enjoy reviewing uh, from personal standpoint is reviewing subscription boxes, you know, monthly boxes that are right at your door every month for a, for a fee, uh, full of uh, a lot of great stuff that's in them. Th those exist for all sorts of different, you can get them for your dog, you can get them for makeup, you can get them for clothes, you can get them for whatever you want to. Uh, but there is a, 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 a definitely a segment of the market, which is, is trending that, uh, that survivalist and that, that, that prepper and preparedness minded uh, individual. And there are boxes out there, which I review on the channel, like tack pack and, uh, battle box, um, uh, survival boxes is another one. Uh, Tack Club is another one. Uh, monthly Knife Club is another one. And uh, you can subscribe Wait, to these boxes. Monthly they Knife send Club? You That's what I heard. Monthly Knife Club. Yeah. <laughs> they send you yeah. knives every month. They'll send you. They'll send you a pocket knife every month. Yeah. Oh, pocket knives. How many pocket knives do you need? I approach knives as I approach uh, bicycles. Uh, it, it is you need how many you need is X plus one. Yep, it's however many you have. Plus one. So, um, and I work in the bicycle business, so that's the way I am with bicycles too. There's never enough. There's always something else that you need. So, uh, you know, it's just about what you're into. Uh, you don't necessarily need that for preparedness, but certainly, uh, it's you know. How many bikes no do you personally hobby. own, and how many pocket knives do you own? <laughs> uh, I don't know how many knives I own. I, I don't really keep track. I own a lot. I would say a few dozen. A few dozen. I, I heard thousands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, a few dozen. Is it upward of 50? I would say it's probably upward of, yeah, probably there 50 to 75, somewhere in that range, yeah. Okay, I should probably not come over. Uh, <laughs> so how much does the average prepper spend on prepping? So this is the uh, first thing that you should do uh, if you ever decide to uh, engage in preparedness, and that is to financially plan for it. And that's part of sort of your initial sort of foray into preparedness is, is sitting down and saying, okay, what do I need? Uh, what do I have? And uh, how quickly can I achieve my goal of having, say, two weeks worth of food in your house or something like that? Um, and based on how much you make and based on your lifestyle, you want to start to put a little bit aside towards that each time. It's personal. I wouldn't say there's an average. Uh, it depends on your income, depends on how much you have the ability to spend. One of the worst things that you can do in uh, prepping is to say you're trying to prepare for the uh, collapse of the global economy is to precipitate a collapse in your uh, own economy. You don't want to <laughs> overspend yourself because you're afraid of something else. You're going to create the very situation that you're trying to avoid. Wow. I like that as a life lesson. That's <laughs> That feels very deep. Yeah, I like this that. is like a yeah, very practical episode. Yeah. Everybody just... Tune in. Okay. Um, and you yeah. mentioned earlier risk analysis, depending on where you live. What are some things we should be thinking sure. about? Because I, I imagine you talk to people all over the world, like you said. So how do you? How would you advise them? Obviously, you know, from a from a sort of natural disaster standpoint, there are different areas of the country have risks for different things. Um, uh, down south, they tend to have more more floods, more uh, tropical storms. You know, out west, obviously, there's you know hurt, uh, wildfires and and uh, earthquakes, you know, earthquake yeah. quake risks and things like that. So up north, you can have obviously lots of snow that doesn't tend to bother us too much, but you know, it can always get annoying. And uh, so there you have those things. Also, the economy differs as you're around different areas of the country. So you have some areas that are very good economies. You have some areas that might be going through some economic issues. Um, it depends on where you are. It depends on what your job security is and things like that. What about global warming? What are we going to do about that? Well, I, I'm certainly a, a believer in global climate change, and I think a lot of people are. The, the thing, the funny thing with uh, with with prepping is, is I, I really do believe that it is a place where a, a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds can come together. You might have some people that are relying on solar power because they want to reduce their their footprint and you have other people that want to use solar power because they want to get off the grid and, and live a self-sufficient life. So we have a responsibility as individuals to reduce our footprint and to live responsibly uh, for our communities and our environment. And we also have a responsibility to, to do the same uh, at the voting polls. Once again, most practical episode ever. ever. I just invented an award and you get it. This award is yours. All right, but I'm just going to take it to crazy town. What about aliens? Uh, uh, I've never met one, uh, but I've seen some shows on TV and I, I think they're definitely out there. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah, me three. Yeah, absolutely. How do we prepare? Um, yeah. Um, I think uh, probably... You know, just being clean, smell good, hygienic, uh, put on a good front. Uh, <laughs> yeah, be, first be impressions nice. are key. Be nice. First impressions are big, big, big time. Look busy. Yeah, yeah. Have lots of, you know, have lots of paper Cover towels, your butt. Uh, for the act. <laughs> I was going to say for the anal yeah. probing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> no, but seriously, are, 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 there, are there preppers that are preparing for the alien invasion? Uh, I'm sure there are somewhere. People can absolutely confirmation bias on the internet. They can go out and find uh, all the things they want to know about, all the things they're scared of. And you know, there's that there's that old saying that you know there's a crazy person on every on every public bus, and if you can't find him, it's you. And, you know, every <laughs> it's me. Community, it's always me. It's, it's always <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every community is going to have that sort of outlier, um, sort of the, the fringe I, I'm areas. I'm going to say which are, zombie apocalypse outlier fringe aliens. Uh, I don't think we need to prepare for an invasion, but they're coming. I don't know if you could prepare for an invasion. <laughs> I know, really. right? Because because like who knows what they look like or what they have? Like maybe they're already here, just wearing right. human skin, you know? So who knows? Also, it's a very human attitude to think that they'd want to annihilate us. Maybe they would just want to come and like do yoga, you know? Right, right. Or maybe they pass us by, wouldn't even notice. Exactly. Yeah, like, oh, maybe they don't care. Fuck these losers! Look at them yeah. wiping their asses on their cats and dogs. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, do you have a go bag, Todd? Yeah, he has a go yes. bag. He's got a go bunker. Do you have a bunker? Go bag. <laughs> I, I don't have a bunker. Okay. No, I do have a bag. Um, do you want what? a bunker? Do, yeah, do you want a bunker? I mean, I don't have one for you, but uh, I was just... You know, if, if somebody gave me a bunker for free, I would definitely take it. Um, but I don't uh, I don't have any ambition to, to get into the whole bunker thing. Did you okay. know that in Switzerland, they're, pro- they're supplying bunkers for everyone? Because we just learned this today. Uh, I did not know that, no. Why would you need a bunker in Switzerland? Uh, Matt? Matthew? This was our trivia for the day, yes. It's a law that says, uh, just in case of nukes, we're going to make sure every citizen is covered. And oh, so they're okay, sure. legally, a bunker is required to be within a certain distance of every home or residence, which we found so fascinating. So they're, they're, everyone's not required to have a bunker. Everyone's no. required to have access to a bunker. Access to a government-provided bunker, apparently. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, I want I some mean, go-bag I- tips. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, oh, no. Get you you want to keep talking about... Okay. Do you have any go-bag tips and... Specifically, so Ali's in San Francisco. I'm in New York City on an island. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts? What should we have in our go bags? You would want uh, a little bit of food with you to subsist you. Uh, you would want to have some money in that bag, change clothes, uh, some basic survival things, uh, container for water, uh, maybe a, a small uh, water purifier in case you run across water that you don't know is healthy to drink. Um and then things like uh, some photocopies of your ID, maybe some uh, any important contact lists that you might have in case your phone goes down or you lose it or forget it somewhere. Uh, so you have contact lists for people that you that you know. Um, it's always good to have a couple of tools with you, like a good knife and. Uh, uh, maybe a multi-tool. Uh, these are like a pocket knife. Real basic Why don't things you just to have with you. Lend like us some knife. pocket knives. You have fifty. I'll s- send you. I send you a box. Oh my god! Thank you. <laughs> a box shipment. Yay! <laughs> cool. Um, and do I need a raft? Because I'm on an island. <laughs> That's the big question. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know. The, I, I, hopefully, you should be ahead of the game. But uh, if you're at the point where you need a raft, um, then that's probably not your biggest problem. Okay. All right. Good to know. Oh, Jen, know. I, I built a raft recently. That's not a joke. I'll help you out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, I, I've got this one. I just remembered I know how to build a raft now and I'm on it. Wow. Yeah. All right. What did you make it yeah, out although of? Although I think that I think that swimmies would probably be better for you. Oh, all right. <laughs> Adult swimmies, <laughs> got it. Okay. Just put them on those alarms and swim away into the horizon. What All could right. go wrong? Well, I feel great. I'm going to go make a go bag. You should. Is Trump speeding the um, uh, the arrival of some of these uh, disasters? Like, would you say in the age of Trump, there are certain <laughs> ones that you recommend more than others? Uh, no, I think the thing that I've seen, and I've and again, I've always, you know, I've, I've very specifically non-political on my channel. But I think the one thing that I have noticed since uh, Trump has become president is um, there are people from other backgrounds that are coming into the preparedness. Uh, I think we're seeing some um, other people that we didn't see probably in previous administrations that I've seen starting to, you know, interact and ask me questions and things like that. So you can definitely tell that there are people out there that are being driven towards towards preparedness for and and economic and political reasons are sometimes uh reasons why somebody might want to start getting involved in preparedness and uh when we do have big uh political changes in our country it does sort of change that dynamic a little bit well thank you so much for speaking with us we covered a lot thank you for being our most practical episode i know this has been the most practical ever I apologize. <laughs> no, it's good. No, that's good. The people Boring need to know. They need to know. They need to know. And we thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate being here and I had a good time. All right, get your go, bags, go make guys. your bag. Bye. Go make your bag. All, All right. The real question is, why did you build a raft? Let's talk about oh, it. Oh, I went on this like, <laughs> like leadership retreat for storytellers, for which I know builders? sounds ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <For raft> builders. <sighs> Back up. I joined a cult, and in the cult, we had to make rafts together. That's the story. And, and I what was were the coxswain. You? I was the coxswain. Uh, coxswain and I yelled at everybody, row, row. It was really fun. It was in the ocean. <laughs> Don't you need to be a certain just, size to be a coxswain? Like, you're the, you're the perfect you size be to be small. a coxswain. You gotta, you gotta be, be small. You gotta be kind of small. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just really wanted to get on the raft because I love adventure. So, because so basically we did- had to build it in teams of like 10, and then four people rode, and one person got in the middle of the coxswain. Wow. What did you make it Call out me of? Cock for short. <laughs> it was, um, good question. It was like long <laughs> wooden poles. I'm trying to remember if it was like bamboo, but it's basically like, uh, you know, wood planks, and then those huge blue cylinder cans. Okay, so we should not rely on you to build the raft in the case of the emergency, but we can rely on you to yell us down the river. Maybe don't rely on me for the supplies, but I do recall the structure to build it. Ah. No, we just got to get a couple of recycling cans and some branches from Central Park and what could go wrong? <laughs> but I have a question for I have a question for you, Jamila. I said yes. my biggest fear. What is your biggest disaster fear? Um Realistically, it would be a hurricane just because we did live through Sandy in New York City and it was so terrible. I was living in a zone that had no electricity for a few weeks, but no, luckily, no major, major damage to my building or anything. Yeah, like that's that. how you ended up getting with your ex boyfriend. You had no <laughs> electricity and you guys had to shack up. <laughs> oh, man. The story comes to light. Yeah. <laughs> well, was it like. It was like an early date, and then you were, like, stranded together. Yeah, we went to the MoMA. Yeah, we went to the Museum of Modern Art together, like, the Sunday that the subways were shutting down. It was our third date, I think, and uh, we left MoMA at 5 or 5.30. The subways were shutting down at 6.30, I think, and we ran into two people we knew on the street as we were heading to the subway, and both of them were heading to bars to have, like, hurricane drinks, which I guess is something people were doing in New York City. Oh, New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so we said, okay, we'll join for these hurricane drinks. I knew it was a bad idea and I kind of knew what was going to happen, which was that we had hurricane drinks and then the subway shut down and it was too late to go home. And so, yeah, I ended up staying with him for eight days, I think. Maybe it was 10. And we very quickly were in a relationship. So, Ladies, ladies, if you want to land a man, arrange your third date around a natural disaster. That's how it works. (laughs) All right. What's in your go bag other than a Trader Joe's gift card? Well, here's what I'm thinking about my go bag. I don't mean I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but like it sounds so useful and I'm always late every single morning that I might just like make myself a go bag for every day. Daily go bag. (laughs) (laughs) Like I should just pack a bag. I have like seven laptops are all ready to go for each day of the week. (laughs) And I get out of the damn house. That makes no sense. No, I know. I have a podcasting go bag. Oh yeah, you do. Hmm. All right. I have another question for you, Jen. Now, yeah, the real key to survival, which our guest didn't mention because he, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but the real key (laughs) Is to um, have a superhero persona. That's the real key to surviving a disaster. And I want to know, what is your superhero name for hurricane survival? Do you have one for the aliens? (laughs) Because maybe that will inspire me. No, I don't. Why would I have that? (laughs) I just made up that question to put you on the spot. Okay. Mine for the aliens is no entry. (laughs) <laughs> and you your like symbol it? is just like your hands X'd in front of a butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's my uh, my cutie mark, my little tat that I'm going to get. Cool. Me hands over a butt. But really, both doors, no entry. Yeah, not, none of the doors. But also it's a metaphor for like, maybe don't, unless you're going to be nice, like maybe you don't need to enter our world. Like it's just, it's a really deep name. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I'm, a, I'm a really deep person. I want them to enter. I mean, the world, not my butt. I kind of, I would like to meet an alien. I no, love it. They're going to be fun yeah. and exciting for sure. Mm-hmm. The the best representation of alien life in a sci-fi movie that I've seen, I'm sure there are others, but The Arrival with Amy Adams. I was uh, just Adams. thinking that. Yes. And no spoilers, but, um, you know, it's fantastic the way that aliens are portrayed and they are um, perceived as threats, but but are not uh, for various reasons. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's idiot cool. humans that think they're a threat. Yeah. Totally. They're trying yeah. to help. But yeah, but also the visual depiction, which I think you were saying is just like, because why do they always like in so many stories and tabloids and whatever they look like little people and it's like well why would well they yeah look i hate like that people? well even in sci-fi even all care most characters in sci-fi across all genres and all mediums are always like two arms two legs and a face it's like that there's the chances of that happening are so small you know yeah especially when you look at the diversity of life on earth which is so exactly. crazy it's mm-hmm. like why would that yeah well guys we want to hear what you're preparing for right 
Do we want to know that? Yeah, we want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you can con- just like in life. What are you preparing for? Well, What's in your go bag? I never thought that like job security would be something a prepper would be interested in. So mm-hmm. let us know. Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah. Um, you can tweet at us at June Bugger. I'm at Allie Gold. A L L I G O L D. That's right. I know how to spell. She I knows, don't know folks. where countries are, but I know how to spell. <laughs> you can write to us at two G one podcast at gmail.com and we might read your email on the air. So please, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Write us anything you want, as long as it's nice. Um, and then you can also call us. We have a phone number. You can leave us a voicemail. Maybe we'll play it on the show. That number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And you can join us in our Discord server and have a chat with us and other people who listen to the show. There's a very lively discussion going on in there every single day. That's discord.com gg slash 2g1p if you'd like to support us on patreon you can make a monthly contribution as low or as high as you want and that url is patreon.com slash 2g1p every contribution helps us create the show thank you have a great week guys we'll talk to you next monday go make it go back the girls one podcast is hosted by jennifer tamula and allison goldberg and locked inside a fallout shelter for 30 years oh i mean edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by thepodglomerate.com. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. Be sure to subscribe to 2G1P wherever you get your podcasts. Assuming there's still Wi-Fi in the post-apocalyptic hellscape you used to call a neighborhood. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this source? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two Two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. (laughs) Your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait, what's the catch? There's no catch. TuneIn lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're gonna say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. The official Poppet Pal, TM. (laughs) (laughs) The official Poppet Pal, TM, is made of... (laughs) (laughs) No, I got this, I got this.